0: Testing, testing, testing. Well, hey, good morning. You know, I've got a powerful word for you. As the world begins to make plans and shift and change, and they're planning on... Well, hey, good morning. Wow, have I got a powerful word for us today. You know, as the world starts making plans of lifting and making and looking to see what ways they are going to be able to lift the confinements that we've all been under, I know the president. No. Good morning. Wow, have I got a powerful word for you today. You know, as the world's looking to be able to lift and change. Good morning. Wow, have I got a powerful word for you today. You know, as the world begins to lift and make plans how to lift and change the circumstances, situations that we're in and begin to release some of the areas of life that we're so used to, I know the president came on last week and gave a 3 phase plan for us to be able to come out or lift the restrictions that we're living under. Also, I know governors and mayors are having to try to find different ways and plans to make their way work. Um, I know this. God has a plan to use all of this as well. You know, today I just want to come before you. I believe God's given me a word on what it is or how it is what three-phase strategy the church is we are to have to be able to lift or come out of this situation. You know, I know everything that's going on wasn't brought on by God. And I believe this, the devil's going to hate the day that the world ever brought Corona to America's shores. But I also know this, that God uses all things for his good. And so what's going on right now in our nation, it is amazing. We are in an amazing time. Me and my daughters were walking in the yard the other day And we were talking about, I've never lived in a time like this. And they'll probably be the ones telling their grandkids one day about how America shut down because of COVID-19. But I know this, God didn't just see us into this. He's going to see us out of this, and we're going to see us through this. And God has a plan, and he's going to use it in a mighty way. So this morning, I just want to jump right in on a three-stage strategy plan that I believe that God wants me and you and the church to be able to function and get ready for the changes that are about to come. You need to know this. You were born for this. God put you here at this time, at this moment, so that when the enemy brought this attack on, he would have someone to use. You know, sometimes we ask, God, why are you letting me go through this? You know, God doesn't always just let people go through this. I believe this that He puts people right in the middle of things so that they can be a part of making a difference, or a part of His plan during the middle of it all. And I believe that me and you, the churches, were all part of God's plan. And it is now time for us to understand what that plan is and begin to put it into motion. Yeah, you know, I want to jump right into Acts chapter twenty-seven and just share a three-stage plan with you guys today. You know, we find in Acts chapter twenty-seven, Paul. At this point in his life, he was a prisoner. You know, for the last several weeks, you may have felt like you're a prisoner. You know, I've read on the news how a lot of people felt like the freedoms that they have as Americans were being taken from them, they felt like they were prisoners in their own home. You know, Paul felt this way, I'm sure, because he truly was a prisoner. We find him on board a ship as a prisoner at this moment in his life. And I love the fact that even though Paul was a prisoner, you didn't see Paul in doom and gloom at this moment. He realized That this was the moment he was born for. I want you to know something. This is what you were born for. And if you can understand what you are here to do and what God wants to use you to do in this season, I tell you, you're going to come out of this thing in such an amazing way. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. But Paul's a prisoner at this point. You know, you could call it uh, self-isolated. You could call it, you know, confined. You can call it isolated in his life. You know, I know this. God never allow someone to go through a season of isolation without there being a plan for that season. I remember years ago when I was real young in ministry, and I went and got a job that I was used to working nonstop, you know, from day to life. More projects going on than I could handle at the ministry I was working with before. Found myself in a new ministry and found a lot of downtime, a lot of office time, a lot of sitting time. And I called my mom. I was like, I was kind of complaining and griping and running my mouth about it. My mom said, when you find yourself in a spot where you have isolation or you have time, what God's given you is a gift to be able to do something mightily in your life. You know, here in Acts chapter 27, Paul finds himself as a prisoner. This is a moment in time in his life that God has given him. This wasn't punishment. This wasn't God doing something to him. God had given him time. And I just want to speak this to you this morning. Phase one of this time in our season of isolation, before we actually release or in the next Few days or few weeks before life gets back to what the world's calling normal, I want to ask you are you allowing God to use what it is going on right now? God uses isolation all the way through the Bible. God used isolating times. God used isolating times for Abraham in the wilderness. God used isolating times for Moses in the wilderness. And God's wanting to use this isolation time for you. Phase one. In this season of us coming out and different things beginning to be lifted before the church can come back together, I want to put this challenge before you. Allow God to use the time we have left in our isolation to change your isolation to a moment of consecration. You know, God is wanting to meet you and encounter you right where you are, right what you're doing. God don't want you to wait for life to get over all this and you get back busy with the hustle and bustle of life again. So you could actually get back in church and encounter him. God encounters people in isolation. You know, all the way through the Bible, it was when people were isolated. They had impacts with God. Jesus was constantly pulling himself away, separating himself away to have time alone with God. I want to put a challenge before you right now. Use the days we have left in this. To cry out to God, to seek God in a way that you never have. Let your isolation season become a time of consecration season in your life. Meet God in a new way. That's what Paul did here as he was a prisoner. The Bible says while he was on the ship that he began to pray and he said, the Bible says that an angel visited him. He had an encounter in the middle of his isolation. I want to ask you this morning, have you been talking to God? Have you been setting certain times that, you know, alone for each day for you to just Get in the presence of God, because if you can turn your isolation to a moment of consecration, what comes out of that is is a a unique and powerful revelation. The Bible said Paul, when he was crying out and praying, he said the angel of the Lord visited him and gave him a word. You know, right now, God wants to give you a word through this season. He wants to give you a revelation. You know, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible is in Luke chapter 3, and it says this, and it says, while John the Baptist was in the wilderness... The word of the Lord came to him. Man, wow. He was the one that announced that Jesus was the Lamb of God. No one else could have told him that. No one else recognized that. But it was a man that had put himself into what you would call isolation He he found himself in the wilderness, and there in the wilderness, God began to reveal what the plan for his life was. So he took a time of isolation, turned it into a time of consecration, and out of it came a powerful revelation that he spent the rest of his life working through. I want to pray right now with you that God would use the next few days to reveal something to you. There are all kinds of things that were revealed to people during times of consecration. You know, John the Baptist was revealed that Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus, when he found himself isolated in that wilderness, the revelation that came out of it, the devil kept saying, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God. Jesus had a revelation that I don't got to prove I am the Son of God. I am who God made me. You are what God has made you. Let your revelation season come. You know, this was probably the most important part of Paul's journey here in Acts chapter 27 was that he had an encounter with God while he was a prisoner. Because in the story goes there, it says that a great storm came upon the ship. And it was a very dangerous storm. And as they were in the midst of the storms and the waves were tossing them back and forth and to and fro, you know, the, they, the Bible says that they didn't know where they were. They lost their bearings. They lost their, their idea. I know in this season of isolation that we've all been going through, that a lot of times we felt like this was a storm. You know, the thing about storms is this, especially in the story here of Paul. When the storm came in, usually ships or uh, sailors navigated their ways around and knew where they were by the stars. But the thing about it, in stormy times, you can't see the stars. That's what's happened to a lot of us over the last several weeks is, you know, we got disconnected from our stars. And what do you mean by that, Cricket? I mean this, that, you know, I know a lot of days for me to be able to live right and do right, I need people that God has put in my life. Leaders, pastors, godly people that I can connect with, that I can see, co workers that I'm working with that, you know, when I'm having a bad day or, you know, want to have a bad attitude, there's one of them that's a star that will walk up and they'll be walking in the fruits of the Spirit and it will, it will challenge me and show me what, how, or what I should do or how I should do. We've been separated a lot of that in our lives from the stars that God has used in our lives over the past several weeks. So Paul here in the story found himself in the middle of a storm and they couldn't see the stars. So how did they know what to do? How did they know where to go? Well, I believe it came out of his revelation. The Bible says the angel appeared to him and told Paul that in this storm, there wouldn't be a single life lost. You know, that was something that Paul held on to all the way through the rest of the chapter. If you'll read it, and as you go through it, they began to question, what's going to happen to us? Are we going to die? What should we do? And Paul kept going back to the the thing that the Lord had told him and revealed to him, the revelation that he got there, it was that they would not die. There wouldn't be a single life lost. I want to put this before you. You know, when you can't see the stars, when you can't walk with those that help you stay strong, you can't be connected to those because you're never meant to live life alone. We were never meant to live life isolated, but God uses isolated times to, one, to use it as a season of consecration, two, to bring it into a different revelation. God can speak to us and show us and reveal things to us. But the thing about it is, it also, it becomes the guiding factor in our lives. See, the Bible says Paul couldn't see the stars because of the storm. And so they didn't know what to do or what was going to happen. So Paul had to hold on to what I'm calling in this scripture a compass. You know, when sailors can't see stars, they use devices called compasses. And the thing about a compass is, they were built and designed and made, and it's the way they work, the magnetic fields, that they always point true north. You know... When this season that we're in right now, phase one, is I want to challenge you to use the next week, the next two weeks, through, weeks, as a season of consecration. And in this consecration, ask God to show you an encounter from him. Allow him to come and show a revelation to you. What you're here for, what your destiny is, what God wants to use you to do. Not just to go back to life as normal, but how God can use this season to take you forward. And if you'll get this revelation and then you'll grab onto it and it become a compass so that when we come out of this or when you don't know what direction to go, this will be something that you hold on to. You know what direction to where if there is another storm or another wave, it doesn't matter. It's not going to shake the boat like this one did. It will take you right toward what you're called to do. I want you to take it and use it as a compass because there's a lot of times we we get to a place where we don't have people be able to be the stars for us. But God will allow you to have a compass, which is his word. If fear has been battling, grab promises. Use the promises of God as your compass. Let them point you in the direction you know your future is going to be. And this is what will happen. This season of isolation will become the season of transformation for you. You will come out of this thing different. You will come out of this thing changed. You will come out of this thing with a new life. I don't want to go back to life as normal. Guys, we were made for this moment. I do not want to go back to life as normal like it was before. I had a good life. Love God, great church. But I believe that God is bringing us to a place to even do more. And so God allowing this season of consecration to reveal reveal revelation bring us into a place of transformation so that when we all come out of this and come back together I believe God's even transforming the church never before has the church been as many homes as we're in now never before has the church and the gospel been used the way it's been used for social media things as it is now that God is using this season of consecration revelation as transformation even in the church and he wants to transform you and your family and your finances everything through this season so phase one is allow the isolation we have left to have a purpose. Phase two. I'm going to talk to you real quick about staying connected. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter two that the storm came and the ship, it got to be such a violent storm, people began to get afraid for their lives and so bad so that they thought the ship was going to sink and they started lightening the boat. And the Bible says that um, they all started wanting to get into lifeboats and get out. I know this. In this season of you being isolated, the enemy's going to do everything he can do to try to use it as a transformation in your life to separate you from things. You know, separate you from friends that you had, or separate you from the church. We're going to come out of this thing. And as we see they're they're looking at ways to lift everything now, I want to put a challenge for you before. Paul told that they were, the Bible says that the guards began to say, let's take the lifeboats. And they were going to get into the lifeboats. And Paul looked at them and said, if you get in the lifeboats, I cannot promise that you're going to survive. I can't promise that what God said is going to happen. You need to know this. Over the last six plus weeks, you know, we've not been able to meet together, not been able to be a part of the church. And church may have become real casual in your life. I believe that's what the enemy is trying to do in a lot of our lives is make church casual for us. I want you to understand something. Phase one is for you to use the season we got left as a season of consecration, revelation, transformation. Phase two is when we begin to come out of this. You determine that you're going to stay connected and be a part of the church like you never have before. Because I'm telling you, your life very well depends on it. You may not have made it. Through, you may have made it through the last several weeks been able to do church at home or, you know, be do church other any that I've seen on Facebook and I'm so excited. People have got to enjoy the season, the fishing and different things on, on times that they would normally be in the church and doing church things because of the season when we just weren't able to meet. But this season's coming over. And so on phase two, when it does come over, I want to put this challenge before you. You've got to stay connected. You've got to get yourself back in church. Don't let the enemy convince you that you've made it this far without church. You don't need to get back in. No, you need To get in church, you need to stay connected. Your very life can depend on it. I can tell you this. The enemy's not just doing this to hurt the church. The enemy's trying to position people to be able to get out of church or fall away from church. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that the gates of hell, there are gates in hell. It says, but the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. I tell you, one of the greatest and strongest things I have in my life is my place in a church. Because the church, God uses the church to build me. God used the church to feed me. In the storm there, the Bible says they went several days without eating. People began to get weak because they weren't eating. Don't let the enemy use this season of isolation to separate you from the church. When this thing is lifted, I want to challenge you stay connected. Make sure you got you and your family in church. You say, well, Cricket, why is that so important? You know, um, I have an iPhone, and I absolutely depend on my iPhone every day. You know, it does things I don't even understand that it does. I I don't know how it completely works or how I I talk to people all over the world on it just by holding this up to my ear and it connects all around the world. I don't understand how it works, but I just love that it works. But I also know this, that if I take my iPhone and I just carry it around with me and I go do what I want to do and take it back and I never bring it back to connect it to what it was designed to be connected to. My iPhone will eventually get weak. My iPhone will eventually turn off. My iPhone will eventually be dead. And my iPhone will be no more value than a paperweight. Because iPhones were never designed to not be connected to a power source. I want you to know something. God uses the church as a power source. You know, I have an iPhone 10. I loved it when they came out with the uh, no plug-in there. I can just, it's the wireless charging. I can just set it on and it charges but it still has to have a contact. It doesn't just charge in the air. I want you to know something. Your connection to the body of Christ is of vital importance to you being able to live and succeed and survive and just excel in life the way God plans for you to. I want to put this challenge for you. Don't let the season of isolation let you get disconnected. Don't let it keep you from being plugged in. Because if you allow this season to change your connection to the church, or if maybe you're not connected to the church in the past, but you know coming out of this, man, this this is a real world we live in, and there are things out there, and I need the church. The body of Christ has to be connected to you. God uses it here on this earth to connect you to the purposes of God in heavenly, in the kingdom. And so in this season, number two, number one, use this time of isolation. Number two. When we come out of this, stay connected. The Bible says this. The Bible says that the soldiers were wise enough to listen to the man that had the revelation. And they did. They cut the lifeboats loose and they all stayed on board. And the storm, the Bible says, came and it crashed the boat. And when it crashed the boat and the boat began to come apart, the Bible says the boat began to separate and pieces began to float away. I want to put this challenge before. That's what's happened right now, is we have been, all began to be separated. The enemy thinks if he can separate us, He can beat us. You know, it is a principle in the Bible that if we can stay together, we can stay connected, can't no One will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. You can't be beat. You stay in the church and stay connected. But the Bible, in Acts chapter 27, says the boat began to break apart and pieces began to float. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that those who were in the water, they clung to the pieces of the ship that was floating. They they understood the value of staying apart of something bigger. And it was the very thing that God used to save every one of their lives. I want to put this out. Do not let this season cause your your connection to the church. You cling on to the church through social media, through live broadcasting like this, until we come out of isolation. Then you get yourself in a church and you dig yourself in deeper than you've ever been. It will be the source from where your power is released. You will recharge your life strengths there and it will be a place where you'll have a connection with the very body of Christ. I tell you, I can't live without the church. I'm a church boy. I couldn't imagine. I still believe this. Jesus is the answer, and he's going to use his church to change the world. You need to stay connected to the church. Phase one, use this time for isolation, for a season of consecration, revelation, transformation. When we begin to lift the isolation parts, stay connected to the church. And then number three, out of Acts chapter 27, the Bible says this, When they hit the ground, Paul got out of the boat, and the first thing he began to do, the Bible says, was build a fire for those that were with him to stay warm. You know, as you're reading in Paul's ministries, Paul spent most of his time teaching and preaching and writing letters in prisons and things, but here we find Paul doing something very unique. Obviously, the season of isolation transformed Isolation was a time of transformation in because when he got out, he didn't start preaching first. The first thing he did was he started serving. I tell you what, God is transforming the church through this. I believe the church is going to touch the world like it never has. When this, I believe you and me were born for this moment. But I also believe this. We're going to have to make this decision that when we come out of this in phase three, that this is not going to be about us. We're going to make this about others. God has a call on your life. God has a plan for you to reach the lost. God has a plan for you to be a part of the body of Christ. God has a plan in his kingdom plan that you are an active part for you to function and be a part of changing the world for his kingdom. And that comes out of you serving others. You know, a lot of times we think that leading, leading is you being the boss. Jesus said this, to be great in the kingdom, we become the servant of all. I love the fact that when you read in this story, It looks like to me, it doesn't mention anybody else gathering all the sticks that Paul had. He was working harder than anyone else. When you come out of this, I want to put you out, maybe in the past you haven't connected or plugged into a part of the church. Maybe you've never served in kids ministry, usher ministry, you've never served on the parking lot. I'm here to tell you, if you will let this phase three begin to work in your life, your life will begin to take on a whole new meaning like it never had before. You said, well, Cricket, I've been serving in church before. I want to put this child for Serve more. Consecrate deeper. Dig in harder. Find a place to be able to make a bigger difference. You see how quickly things can change now because we've went through this. You see how quickly society can shift. And God needs you. He designed you. You were born for this. That when we come out of this and we begin to meet together, find somewhere. Don't let church be a casual thing. Find somewhere you begin to serve others. Make a difference for the Bible. Says Paul was making a fire. And he, what he was doing with that fire was helping those that were cold stay warm. Helping those survive that had been through what they've been through. There are people that are going to need to know Jesus. There are going to be people that need to see Jesus. But right in the middle of it, the Bible says when Paul was picking up sticks, it says a viper latched onto him. Now, that would have been a death sentence. And those that were there on the island, they looked and they knew that is a death sentence. But the Bible says that he shook, walked on the ground and he shook the viper off. And it says the people of the island were sitting there watching him because they knew that he was surely dead. And they thought this is surely the judgment of God on him. Now he survived the ship, but now he's going to die of this viper. And when they saw that no harm had come to him, it says they thought that he was a god. Here, I want to tell you this. People are going to be watching you come out of this thing. People are going to be watching the church as we come through this thing. People are watching to see how we handle this thing. And the thing about it is this. I want to put this twofold before you. It's not a, a declaration. I'm not prophesying, but you know, as we come out of this, there may still be people that get sick. When your life is connected to purpose, you have no reason to fear any attack or weapon that the enemy will bring against you. The Bible says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It says that He will give His angels charge around about you. It says that no evil can befall you or any plague come near your dwelling. Here I'm here to tell you, you know, if you're afraid when this thing lifts to get involved in different ways, we're going to use wisdom for sure. We're not going to just get out and be stupid, but we're going to use wisdom. We're going to keep people safe. But if for some reason the enemy tries to attack and you catch COVID-19, I want you to know something. I believe that we still serve a healing God and you will walk through that too. You know, we are going to take precautions coming out of this as a church. We're going, to, we're going to listen to the authorities. We're going to do everything as safely as we possibly can. But I also want to put a challenge before you. Let this season, let this moment be your moment. Be born for this. When you come out and decide, I'm not going to go back to the way I was. I'm going to allow God to let this season change me. And I'm going to become one of the greatest in the kingdom of God. That means you become one of the servants of all. And you find a place in ministries when we come out of this serving, whether you move into the media ministries or whether you move into children's ministries, whether you move into usher ministries, whether you move into maintenance ministries, whatever part it is, let God use this season to watch you, watch his kingdom, watch his church into the next phase of the plan that God has for the entire world, which is to know God and serve God. Hey, guys, I love you. I want to pray with you real quick. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, Cricket, I I." All these things you're saying I really don't understand is because, you know, you don't have a relationship with God. But today you realize that life is quick and life can change in an instant and and things are going on. And you say, I I need to know God. I, I would love to meet this God you're talking about. This one that wants to have a personal relationship with me. One that wants to show me revelation, purpose and destiny. One that wants to change me into something that I couldn't change myself into. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to be a part of his kingdom. I want to be a part of his church. And I want to be someone that God uses in ministries and helping others. But it starts with you simply allowing God to be your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning, I want to tell you, Jesus is the greatest shepherd. Jesus is the greatest decision. Jesus is the greatest life you'll ever make. And I want to ask you, if you don't know him, can I just simply pray with you? Just say with me right now, say, dear father, I ask you, to come into my life and forgive me for all the sins that I've committed. I thank you that you love me enough you sent your son. He paid for all my sins in advance, and I now receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I believe he died, I believe he rose again, and I believe at this moment he is my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the greatest decision you could ever make. If you just made that decision, would you please, in the comments, set and put, I received it, I made that commitment today, let us know that, you know, you made that commitment or you made that step so that we can reach out to you so we can get you some pamphlets, we can get you some information, we can get you some materials to help you find what the next step for your life is. I also want to pray for those who, as we come out of this that, you know, have been affected personally by COVID and they need a healing right now. Father God, I thank you that you're healing anyone that is sick from the COVID-19 or any other disease or pestilence or or thing that the enemies try to use. And God, your word says in 1 Peter 2, 24, that by your stripes we were healed. I declare healing to everyone in agreement with me right now over their physical bodies. I thank you, Father God, and we pray for protection over everyone in every situation. I thank you that you're protecting every family, every kid, every grandkid, every grandmother, every grandfather, every mother, every father, every child, everyone that, Father God, is involved in this situation. I thank you that you're not letting any evil befall them or plague come near their dwelling. Right now, in the name of Jesus, be that you protect them, giving your angels charge around them. Hey guys, we love you very much. Please, coming through this, let's use our three phase plan. Number one, let's use the isolation, consecration, revelation, and transformation. Number two, when we come out of this, stay connected. Get grab hope to whatever plank while we're going through this, but then when we land, get in church and get in strong. Number three, when this is all over. Find a place in the church that you can make a difference. You were born for this. You were born to be a part of the kingdom of God. You were born to change people's lives. God's got a plan for you. He wants to use you in mighty ways. You just have to decide, hey, this season, I was born for this. I was born for this very moment. All right, guys, we love you. I'm going to turn it back over to Dad right now. God bless you.